coming to you from Castle Rock, Colorado. This is the DCF Podcast with Joshua Hammerley and Josh Barton. Hello and welcome to another edition of the DCF Podcast. I am your host, Josh Hammerling, along with my partner, Josh Barton. And we are here to walk you through everything that is DCF that you ever wanted to know. And we are joined in studio today by one, the one and only special guest, Mr. Bubs. I don't know your last name, Bubs. Barrera. Barrera. It's like a Beretta. Bubs Beretta. But yeah, he is the gunsmith and trainer over at DCF, and he does fantastic work. He's done custom work for me. But before we get to him, it is time for our store update. Mr. Barton, what is going on over at DCF these days? Oh, man. I got dunked. Last weekend. <laughs> I know. I personally did that twice. Thank uh, you. I know. Um, we had one of our customers, Jerry in particular. Thank you, Jerry. <laughs> <clears throat> How much did he donate? Um, what did he buy? 12, I think. So 20 bucks. 12? And out of, the, out, of those, out of those 12 shots, I think he dunked me six. 50% rate. Good. Yeah. It's because you looked nice and warm during that whole session. It was a beautiful 70 degrees out that day, and you were only shivering a little bit. Yeah, beautiful 70 degrees and maybe a 20-degree water. I mean, it was, you know, it's, it's, it, was, it was right at that freezing point, you know, where it feels like icicles and needles. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you were wearing shorts and, it, you know, you obviously work a lot on your legs. And it was, it was amazing. Your physique is like... Well, I appreciate that. You know, it makes me feel better now. I don't feel so bad about getting dunked. <laughs> yeah. You know, if I'm getting good positive reinforcement. Thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely. You're welcome. You're welcome. <clears throat> I, I, I gave a couple bucks myself, dunked you a few times, and it felt good, you know, to finally see you get all... Wait, I shouldn't say that. But it was fun to watch you get dunked. <laughs> Just admit it. You like seeing me wet. But. <laughs> I wanted to say it, but this is a family podcast. so It is. And my son yeah. dunked me, too. So he liked to see me wet well as well. So, I mean, you know, bring in the family. Um, Which but, no, we, we actually had a, a lot of fun. It was our anniversary sale. And uh, we had some really, really smoking deals, a lot of them which go on mm-hmm. through the uh, end of the month and some even bigger ones through Black Friday. Um, it's FN month. At our store. I saw that. So we sell some effing guns at some effing good prices. Hell yeah. Um, and uh, it was a lot of fun with regards to having them out. They're always some good guys and uh, always leave some, some swag and things for us. So if you didn't make it, obviously, to the anniversary sale, now through uh, Cyber Week, if you will, that they call it, instead of Cyber Monday, they seem mm. to have keep extending that by days yeah, and days. Yeah, it's like they want you to keep shopping, right? Yeah. So... But anyways, now through Cyber Week, so essentially through the end of the month, um, it's effing month, and we have a ton of swag and, and goodies and all kinds of deals. And one of the one of the big ones that uh, we're not supposed to talk about. But you should. But I we should. It, and I know which one you're going to talk about. I know. It's the FNX45 Tactical oh. with the Venom Vortex Red Dot Sight, and we had it for how much? Oh, I $9.99. $9.99. I almost bought it that weekend, too. And, I mean, that that you want to you talk about a ridiculous deal. That's below normal cost. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, normally that thing with the red dots, 1500 bucks. Yeah, I was going to say the Vortex Venom alone is another 390 or something like that. So, yeah, so it's, it's smoking deal. We got, a, we got a bunch of them in for the month to, to have some fun with it. Um, of course, you know, if you don't want the red dot on there, we'll take 100 bucks off for you, and uh, we'll keep that $300 red dot for ourselves. Good Lord. I wanted that one. I stared at it. I touched it. But um, you guys ended up selling me on a Beretta instead. Well, you know, speaking of touching mm-hmm. it. Yeah? Well, careful. Um, you know, you can you can try it before you buy it at our shop, too. So if you want to come really? in and try something out before you pick it up, we let you touch it. That's the way to go because you don't know if it's going to fit your hand or how the recoil is or just the fit and feel. You know, half the battle of touching it is making sure it feels good in your hand. That's right. The shape. Ever. <laughs> oh, oh. Yes, and your grip strength, you got to make sure you hold on to that really, yep. really tight. Yep. 
Yep. You got to make sure the texture is right because you don't want something with bad texture. No. No. Not at all. Mm-hmm. Family podcast once again. But with the latest store update, anything else coming up? Any things so, headed our way? So, yeah. So as we move into, obviously, Black Friday weekend and, and getting more into the Christmas spirit as we get closer to uh, December, mm-hmm. um, you know, we have some crazy ammo deals uh, that are going on. And so if you're looking for ammo and you want a good deal on some bulk ammo, definitely come down and check us out. We had uh, at our anniversary sale a 9mm as low as $7.98 a box. Really? And of course, we had a lot of other deals with uh, 45 and 380 and 38 special and 556 and 223. Why were you charging me $14 a box? Because I don't like you. I knew it. I mean, Seven we're bucks. honest. Think right? about we're that friends. Price. We can be honest with each other. Right. If Walmart sold ammunition, you know, you know, it, it's be beating them. It, it's true. And, uh, uh, but so they don't. Right. So I can beat them in my head. <laughs> um, like but, uh, but no. And then as we move into December uh, and, and wrap up uh, FN month, uh, it'll be Sig Sauer demo days will be coming up in December, Ooh. and so if you're a Sig fan, we have a Sig Elite store in our store, and it's a it's it's a really cool experience to come in and see a store inside of a store and be ha- be surrounded by so many Sigs. Absolutely. I mean, you know, you, you talk about taking a bath in money, right? Well, at our store, you can literally take a bath in Sigs. Oh, and I've seen the I've seen the. the all of the, the container, or the, what do they call those things? The big big displays, uh, display yeah. boxes just filled with 1911s, the P365s, the P360s, even the the, uh, the shortened pistols, the Scorpion, the... Yep, and we got the, we got the new little sasses for the P365s. Oh, yes. Yeah, and they're sassy, concealed, too. They're all, like, smooth. And, concealed carry. Yeah, they don't snag. Perfect draw. Yeah. You should give me one for Christmas. I should. Yes. Yeah. You should. Well, well, I'll think about that. All right. Mm. Yeah, I'm sure you will. <laughs> <laughs> what, you, what were we talking about? I don't remember. I'm sorry. Let's, m- let's move on. So with the, the store update that we just had, um, we <clears> do <throat> have a special guest in our studio, and it is the gunsmith over at DCF, Bubs. Introduce yourself to the audience. Hello. I am Bubs Barrera. I am the lead smith currently at DCF Guns. I also am the secondary trainer over there as well. Uh, I handle a lot of all the fun stuff. I do a little of everything at the store. The reason being is... We're a small family-type operated business. Safety and education are specific mandates, and that's all we really care about over there. Yes. Everyone gets too wound up believing that we are a gun store worried about guns. Our main thing is safety and education. If you are a safe person and we're fairly well-educated, I promise you, you will come visit us more often. Wow, he made that sound elegant. You know, he does a really good job with that. Have you sold guns before? No, I used to sell jewelry at one point in time. Oh, well, that explains it. Well, that's because he's good with his hands and good with the ladies. Oh, you dirty dog, you. <laughs> he knows what he likes. So that seemed like a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> so I've actually had Bubs do some custom work for me um, and a couple of cleanings on my rifles. Even painted a giant knife that almost got me divorced, <laughs> which I never really got to ask you about the process on that one because you, you gave me a look. Oil. There was far too much oil on it. It was a full <laughs> carbon steel blade that was almost three feet in length. It was in a was a buoy style. It was a monster. So was it a knife or was it a sword? He he said it was a sword. I considered a knife. We price it as a sword. <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was ridiculous. Oh, and he put <laughs> it was a full compensation. It thing. Was, yeah, and it he put it in FDE for me so it would match all of my other firearms. And all I need now is a beautiful leather sheath to go with it. But that was solid work, man. The paint. So you guys paint guns? What you know? Give us an idea of some of the things that you can do for folks. So generally, for Cerakote process, there is a lot of process. Let's go ahead and discuss your knife exactly. Generally, when we're dis- 
when we're going to be coloring a knife or anything like that as far as a base metal is concerned, what we're going to do is we're going to be gassing it out, which means I'm going to be putting it in an oven for about 180 to 240 degrees mm. for a period of time so all that oil soaks out of the pores of that material. Mm. Then we go ahead and acetone or TCE that entire material, and then it goes back for a couple processes until it gets uh, done appropriately. After that, then we will either sandblast or we'll put a... Uh, finish of some kind on it so that the Cerakote can actually physically bite onto mm, and right. stay on the material. After that, we will clean again. Uh, so there's a lot of prep work involved. Sure. Um, generally, there's a lot of tape work, a lot of prep work, a lot of things internalized for that deal. And then after that fact, we will go ahead and spray that uh, finish on it. We'll generally have someone look at it, uh, an alternate individual, to make mm. sure that we don't have any shadowing or anything to that effect. And after that, we will go ahead and bake it. It is baked into form and processed in between 225 to 250 degrees for about two hours. After wow. that, uh, we will go ahead and check it again, make sure everything's on the up and up, and then we will let it cure for a day or two before we actually start assembling or doing anything with it. The reason is because that cure time is very, very necessary. Really? So um, same process for firearms then? It's, Absolutely. It's, but a, a little more detailed because you've got a lot to take apart. Fine pieces, fine areas, sanding and all that. So. Absolutely. So generally there's a lot of internal parts, uh, whether it be extractor or ejector or things like that. Some people want them colored. So mm -hmm. we will actually have really? to take that extra time because they're visible at points in time when you open the action. Wow. Things like that. I've got uh, quite a few firearms on display at the shop where we have colored small things whether it be the extractor or the mag box or things like that i've seen a few of those so that was you guys that physically did that and didn't come from the factory that way no. wow i will generally do that because well i always paint pink things pink things yes okay we should do something for breast cancer awareness month i did i've got oh. a current uh armlet rifle we're working on uh we're offering uh half price for pink on uh firearms so that was the thing so gail brought in her uh, AR-15, wow. so her armor light rifle will go ahead and paint it pink with a few little uh, accents that she had asked for. I love that. So let's say I have a Glock, and part of it is plastic. Understood. What what options do I have if I wanted to go from a, block, uh, a black Glock 17 to, say, a, an army green Glock? Same process. We're Same thing. Gonna, we're still going to gas it out, clean it, put a finish on it, generally about a 120 finish or sandblast it, just so it has some teeth on it. And at that point in time, we'll go ahead and paint it, bake it, clean it up, get it back to you. It's good to go. Wow. You know, one of, the, one of the things that a lot of people don't realize, too, is, is that process that Bubs just went through. Um, you know, when you're talking about getting your firearm or your personal collection uh, of goodies and having somebody else do work on them, whether it be a car or a knife, mm -hmm. right, or a gun... Mm -hmm. um, you want to make sure it's done right. Sure. And there are a lot of places out there that don't go through that process that Bub's just described. And so you'll get it back and you'll be highly disappointed in 6 to 12 months when you start running into finish issues. Mm. And as with anything, I mean, you know, anything, depending on how you take care of it, is how long it's going to last. So scratching sure. it, metal against metal, things like that. Um, holstering it every day is going to have holster wear. I mean, all that's normal to any finish. But when you're talking about flaking and, and, and chipping and things like that, that's generally because the, the preparation work that Bubs just described was not completed, uh, which, is, which is a really big deal because it comes down to the quality work that you're having done. Right. Well, prep is everything. Mm -hmm. That's the way to go. Um, what was I going to ask you here? It was just floating on the top of my... Ah, so 
you guys did my RMR cut on my Glock 19X. Yes, sir. And you guys dropped a my RMR in there, and it came back as the I could take a measuring tool, and the thing is precise. Absolutely, it is amazing. It is a snap fit. Uh, we actually prefer to do a RMR cut in that specific fashion as opposed to what how Glock MOS is running. Uh, there's a lot of few little problems and issues and things like that going on with it. However, uh, we've always noticed that if we actually machine the slide to the actual optic itself, mm. it is a one-to-one finish and, or one-to-one deal, and it also makes it uh, run more effectively. There's no uh, G-force you know, stuff sh- happening yeah. with it. It definitely makes sure it's running a lot better. Yeah, I always worry about the sheer, um, sheer against the screws Absolutely. on a lot of those. And, man, this thing is just a beast now. Well, that's, that's what you get when you get those adapters. Mm. So when you have, like, the MOS clock or any of the pre-cut, they're pre-cut so that they can generally fit a variety of red dots. Yeah. And the red dots, unfortunately, are not all the same size. The clock has base plates on those. Correct. And so what they have to do is they have to use these base plate adapters mm. for each one of the different red dots that it is capable of running. Well, when you do that, you have to overcut the slide in order to fit all those different sizes on there. And so essentially, instead of having two screws that screw directly down into the firearm with no space on either end to move, you have a base plate adapter that's screwed down. And then you also have screws that go through the red dot that are screwed down. So you have two sets of screws and space for it to move around. And so you can get what you're talking about, which is the screws will shear off. Yeah. And then you've got four points of contact instead of two. So there's four places that things can go go wrong. And they do. They do. Yeah, I'm sure you see it. I'm sure. I, over this last month, we've got, I believe, six or eight cases of that. Really? Mm-hmm. Generally speaking, it's uh, people that use their fire more often in, in competition shooting. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the average person that buys it and uses it every three or four months for home defense, practicing, things like that, probably not going to notice it. Sure. But if you're a guy that goes out and shoots every week or several times a month and does any competitive shooting, you're going to have the problem. Sure. All those thousands of rounds, it all adds up. Absolutely. You know, one of the other things, too, is I know we're talking about pistols and, and some of the modifications, mm-hmm. uh, is stippling. Absolutely. Yeah, you guys do <coughs> stippling. Huh? Stippling? What's it, how do I pronounce that? Stippling, stippling. Yeah, yeah, whatever. It, it tomato, there, so. tomato. Potato. So, potato. What, <laughs> what can you do for my Glock if we were to stipple it? So, well, we can do a few different things. Uh, generally, we've learned that there's a specific finish that works really well for us, which is called Moonrock. Uh, Moonrock is just a finish that has three specific dots mm-hmm. that we... Apply by hand after mm-hmm. we've sanded, cleaned up the frame, uh, done a lot of prep work before we even get into the actual process itself. I was wondering, because um, you're using a high temp tool to get into the plastic? Generally, yes. So, got to clean the thing off, make sure there's no oils. Again, you're going through a huge prep process, right? That's generally the thing. It's generally about four and a half to five and a half hours worth of time to do it. Really? So, it is a long process. Sure. Uh, most folks do actually appreciate it, and we mm-hmm. can actually form the gun to the individual's hand as well. That's what I was going to ask, because Glock can feel like a block in a lot of people's hands. It's actually turned a few people off. Absolutely. So, you can get the, the what do they call it, the beaver, or the... The area where my... The meat tang of my hand, area the tang. of the grip. See, that's why we have pros here. <laughs> The tang area of the grip. So most folks leave that alone. Generally, mm-hmm. if we're a competition shooter or we're dealing with a rough-handed individual, i.e. a guy that works with his hands, mm-hmm. that individual is going to want stipple all over that gun. Really? Why? So, it's a better positive Positive retention. grip. The main thing is, is everyone gets too lax in shooting. Remember, we're fighting for our lives or we are mm-hmm. in that competition mindset. We are gripping that pistol to the point of shaking and then backing it off slightly just so that we can move our finger independently. Once we realize that, uh, we will notice that that stipple, whether it be aggressive or not, will stay in our hands. 
If wow. we have a slick grip, mm -hmm. it will start moving. So you see a lot of people who will re-grip the gun every time. Regripping the gun means that everything changes in the process. Uh, so remember, just like golf, shooting is no different. You must have the appropriate grip. You must mm -hmm. have the appropriate follow-through. You must have the appropriate all the same stuff. Over and over. over. Over and over. Consistency equals accuracy. So everybody needs to keep shooting. Absolutely. At $7.98 a box. You, you know, know, you could spend 40 bucks easy in a weekend and have fun. Piece of cake. So you, minutes later. What kind of <laughs> rifle work do you... I know we've talked a lot of pistols. Mm -hmm. So what what do you guys do for the rifle people? I know that there's sharpshooters out there. There's long-distance people. There's mm -hmm. uh, quick and fast style stuff like Patch does over at your store. So what can you do for the rifle folks? So generally it depends on what the rifle is being built for. Everything okay. has a very specific purpose. There is no one gun that does everything. Mm. We've got too many individuals who believe that I need to have that one gun and it's going to facilitate all my needs. It's just not how it works. Uh, mostly, uh, lately we've been doing a lot of long-range guns. We've also been doing a lot of work with uh, carbines, making sure that they can be used in the carbine employment class that we have at DCF Guns. Generally, Patch teaches that one. Mm. It's an uh, excellent class, uh, very fundamentally based. We generally don't go too crazy with the extra stuff. All we're looking for is fundamentals and understanding how to run that gun appropriately, safely, and mm. making sure that we get the appropriate education, understanding that when we are employing that firearm, we're going to be doing it safely. So now that we've got all the other stuff out of the way, what is the most fun thing that you have done custom-wise for a customer? And then I want to ask you, what's the craziest things you've seen come in mistake-wise by shooters who need you to fix something? Before he moves into that, though, <laughs> yeah. before he moves into that, because he'll have some stories for you, um, on the rifle comment, you know, we can do full custom builds. So ground up. You, you pick what you're after? You measure what, what caliber? What caliber you want. Yeah, really? we, we can measure you to make sure that your stock and your length of pull is set correctly. Um, we can do the finish that you want, the barrel tapering that you want, kind of the whole nine yards from start to finish. We can build a full custom rifle for you in whatever configuration you're looking for. Um, generally speaking, custom builds are going to start around a couple grand, and sure. they're going to go upwards of seven or eight, depending on how elaborate you want to mm -hmm. get. And then, of course, optics on top of that. I mean, if you're going to build a seven or $8,000 rifle, you're probably going to be spending somewhere between four and six on your optics. Well, sure. I mean, what good is the rifle? Because the machine can do anything, but you <clears throat> need something to see what you're shooting at. Correct. And we, uh, we built one a couple months ago that uh, Bubs had done um, uh, with, his, with his team back there, and uh, um, it came out beautiful. We ended up getting, uh, what, almost an eighth of one an MOA? One-eighth minute of angle. Uh, which Holy is smokes. which is almost ridiculous hole inside of a hole. Absolutely. So, uh, what was distance were you getting these? Hundred yards, uh, five hundred yards. Yeah, generally you're, you're going to sight it in at hundred to get that minute of angle to figure out how accurate okay. that rifle is, and then of course it extrapolates as it goes out um, for distance. But if you can keep that tighter versus yeah. having a, a one inch group or a two inch group, which are just going to double every couple hundred yards, sure. Um, you get that you know quarter MOA, eighth MOA. You're talking about a mile gun. Holy smokes. So shooting out, you know, 1,500 meters. You could hit a thumbtack on a target at 200 yards with ease. Yes. Piece of cake. Piece of cake, he says. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, it just, you know, I just want to make sure we put that in there because it's, it's, it's not just coming in and having it serviced or having sure. it painted or having, you know, a free-floated rail put on or, you know, even things like bedding rifles. Um, we can actually do everything from the ground up, full builds. Wow. It is, a, it is a process. It's not a very simple thing to sure. do. Uh, generally, it's going to start with a barrel. Then we choose mm -hmm. an action. Mm -hmm. After we've figured out the caliber for the barrel, we're going to choose the appropriate action, action size, 
whether it be a short or long. Depending on the uh, action, whether it be short or long, at that point in time, we can go ahead and discuss the stock, whether mm. that's going to be a chassis system or if it's going to be a stock. You haven't mentioned trigger yet. When does that come in? Way later. Way later. Why, why is that? Because if I can get all of the groundwork done, i.e. the barrel and action trued up perfectly mm. or perpendicular from bore to center line to the front part of the breech face, everything like that, as mm. far as the bolt is concerned, we're going to have an accurate gun. After wow. that, a trigger is going to help you deliver shots on target. However, people get too wound up with having a really light trigger. It seems to be the thing that everybody harps on. It's got to have a great trigger. It's got to have a great trigger. That's fine. As long as we have the ability to go ahead and hold true on it, yeah. and if we gently press that trigger to the rear, holding it to the rear with the appropriate amount of follow-through, we will get a definitive hit. Everyone gets too wound up thinking, well, it's, if it's got a good trigger, it's going to be accurate. Mm -hmm. That's not the case. It's, it's barrel be, and action. It's going to be barrel action, breech face, how it interacts uh, with you, how it interacts with the stock. Um, and then you measure the person up to the rifle? and Correct. Wow. We have to make sure that that person is comfortable and has the ability to go ahead and maintain the same position, just like when we're shooting our pistols, mm. if we're doing the same position, we'll stay consistent and accurate. And the other thing that comes into that, too, is, you know, when you when you talk about doing custom builds and measuring, you mentioned the, uh, the stock, right? Mm. And we talked about length of pull. One of the things that come into that is shotguns. So having shotgun fittings. Really? Actually having the offset on the shotgun so that it sits correctly on your shoulder. Yeah. It'll make it easier for you to be a better shooter. And wow. so there, there's a lot of little things that you can do that a lot of people aren't aware of. And, mm -hmm. of course, different shotguns have different abilities when it comes to what you can do custom to them. Sure. Um, but, you know, a lot of these services many places don't offer. Okay. And we're all in one. We have it all. All in one house. Yeah, that was the best yeah, thing. It's, it's all right there. So whether you want to build a custom long long gun, you want to have a shotgun fit, you want to have some stippling or paintwork done, or if you just have a three-foot you know, foot knife that you want to carry <laughs> around. I mean, there, there, you know, we can, we can do it. There's nothing that we can't do. I call at our divorce store. toys every time I get one. She's like, <laughs> "It's gonna happen this time." <laughs> so, wow, I, you know, I learn something new every day about the yes, custom world. The one thing I do want to ask you though is, what is the biggest mistake people make that you are fixing? Because I'm sure you've seen some things that just blow your mind. Generally, the mistakes are going to be individuals who believe that they can take apart a firearm simply, mm. and then try to reassemble that firearm. Generally, about eh, once or twice a week, we get what they call a bag of gun. What a bag of gun is, is generally Ziploc bags full of parts. And my favorite excuse, obviously, is going to be the, well, my son took this apart, and, uh, uh -huh. you know. I, no, I took it apart. I have no idea what I'm doing. Help me. No, I'd rather people own it. Say, hey, sure. I screwed this up. Let's right. put it back together. Like a Ruger Mark III. <laughs> Ruger Mark III, yeah, huh? <laughs> Ruger Mark series guns are a little bit on the difficult side, but once you get them figured out, it's not too bad. Yeah. But yeah, I see that. We see a Ruger Mark one through four every month. Really? What, yeah. So it's people taking it apart. That's the biggest issue. Have you ever had anybody try to clean a barrel the wrong way and have We've, to fix that? Because barrel issues got to be the like a pain. Well, we've seen some individuals who have taken them hunting and they've had twigs get stuck inside that barrel, and they'll bring that barrel back to us after they put it in the safe about a year later. <laughs> Generally, oh they're, they're wanting to get it ready for the next hunt season yeah. and just left it dirty from last season. And what ended up happening is generally that uh, twig or whatever that fell apart inside that barrel has rusted it through. And now you know how long I have rifle in this section in your barrel, which means it's got to get rebarreled, which is a little bit of a nightmare. Yeah, we run into that with actions too, where, you know, if you go out and you're in a, a more moist climate mm -hmm. and you end up getting moisture inside your shotgun or your rifle. 
Um, it doesn't take much to keep it clean. It's not like you have to strip the whole gun and people don't understand that. They think that they have to take everything out. There's a lot of solvents in out there and we sell a lot of them that you can actually spray in there to help make sure and dry up and get rid of some of that moisture. And if you do that and you keep it properly lubed, Mm -hmm. generally speaking, you can do a quick clean in the spring or fall, depending on season and what you're doing and go out and do your thing again. But when people put it, they bring it back Mm -hmm. wet moisture inside their action, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, debris, sometimes dirt, mud, whatever, depending on where they were and they throw it in the safe. And while we might have a dry climate here, Mm -hmm. when it's thrown in, when it's thrown in the safe and it's locked up Mm -hmm. in more or less kind of an airtight area, it just sits there and it eats away at the metal. Absolutely. And then there's moisture in that whole safe. So now you put all of your other firearms at risk too. Correct. You have, and we have seen surface uh, issues, especially uh, with people that hunt on a regular basis, Mm -hmm. bring your hunting guns back, throw them in your safe. They have moisture on them. Next thing you know, you go to pull out your Jericho, right? IWI. Mm -hmm. And the whole slide finish has almost a, uh, um, a batina that's starting, oh, um, only it's not the pretty kind. No, it's it almost looks like leprosy. So, <laughs> what is this? What have I done? It happens all the time. So, is there a product that you recommend when cleaning these things Obviously and keeping them dry? Mm-hmm. We've had excellent luck with Breakthrough. They've been one of our uh, seen it individuals that we've trusted the most here. Generally, I'll get it by the five gallons because we go through it very, very, very quickly. Wow. Um, the reason is because it works very effectively for most everything. Uh, Spray it on there, apply it, let it dry. It actually will pull a majority of your carbon and also other debris that's inside that stuff to the surface. We generally wipe it off, uh, clean it up again. Uh, if it's a product that we can actually put in an ultrasonic, we'll do that for a moment. Mm. And then we'll clean it off again and then put it back together and then relubricate it for the individual. But obviously for DCOAs and things like that, I try to hit every part. Sure. Like DCOA will break that down for everybody as a disassemble, clean, oil, and assemble. That means that we are taking every pin and spring apart. Whoa. At that point in time, we're wiping everything down, making sure that there is no excessive wear, mm-hmm. whether that be on your locking surfaces, on your disconnectors, on your springs. And then we will reassemble and generally do a small test fire to make sure that that thing is working appropriately. Well, I, and I got a freebie for you too, because oh. obviously we'd love to sell you Breakthrough Clean, because mm-hmm. we, we use it on our machine guns, we use it on our range guns. I mean, we, we love the stuff. It works great. Um, from a storage perspective, though, and what we were talking about, any oil will help. Mm-hmm. Okay. Any oil will help. So if, if you're looking at storing it, yes, I'd love for you to lose, use Brake Clean, but at least make sure it's well-oiled. Sure. Um, and that, it doesn't matter whether it's rim oil or anything. The, the difference that we've found in all the different oils that are out there, and, and whether it's your rim oils or your frog lubes or your fire cleans or any of them, any of them are going to protect your gun from rust. Mm. The difference is, is when you go to pull out and use it again, is your gun ready to go or are you going to have to clean it before you use it? And that's kind of where you run into that old uh, uh, Russian um, Cosmoline and all the other packing greases and things that a lot of the government agencies use. Those are meant for long-term storage. And what you'll run into with some of these products is they will actually start to um, coagulate. They will they will harden really? up and, and create a, a gel or or a grease type uh, um, varnish. Yeah, and and it, it doesn't hurt your gun. It protects your gun, but then it doesn't make it so that it's ready to run because it'll be kind of sticky. Sure. So what talking about safes? What should I keep in my safe to make sure moisture isn't a problem? First, don't put a gun in there that's wet. Second, you know that silica that says "do not eat." Yeah. 
Yeah, whenever you get those in packages, just save them, stick them in your safe. Okay, so a desk can't just throw it in the safe? And yeah, um, and, and there's all different kinds of them out there. I mean, there's ones that are electronic that you can recharge by plugging into the wall that dry them out after they soak up, uh, you know, any moisture. Some of the safes have plugs inside of them, and you can literally just plug it in inside your safe. Mm. There's ones out there that are stick, they're like look like stick bars or glow sticks, you know, that plug Seen in. Those. Yep. You can put in there. Um, there's also just the bags, kind of like the ones that come in packaging that sometimes have the little, mm-hmm. little uh, uh, do not eat packets in them. I've seen those, yeah. But they come in larger <laughs> quantities, and you can buy those, and they're they're a lot cheaper that way because um, you can buy those generally for twelve to fifteen bucks. Sure. And you throw it in there, and it'll last a year or two, and then you can throw a new one in there, and they don't recharge. But there's different ones that you can use, and they're not that expensive. Even the sure. recharging ones, I want to say, are like 30 40 bucks. A little bit of prevention saves yeah. you a lot of money later. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, a new barrel is going to cost you uh, 260 bucks generally for a bolt gun, and then we've got to worry about, well, i got to take it apart, put it back together, yeah. and then refinish it. Which I like because I'm going to bill them for. So, yeah, I mean, fun. you know, I'm, I'm happy for those that don't want to take care of their firearms. <laughs> Um, I am more than willing to charge you an arm and a leg to pay Bubs to do it for you. So mm-hmm. if you are one of those people and you don't mind paying for it, please, by all means, continue. <laughs> Absolutely. So what does a standard clean service go for? Tell our audience what they can expect to pay. So generally for just a regular range deal. So if we're shooting on a once or twice a month type basis, obviously we're going to try to clean that gun as often as possible because it's a life-saving tool. What I'd recommend is obviously a quick clean. For those of our members, I believe it's $35. For non-members, it's 40 If we're talking about a DCOA, which I highly recommend once a year, if it is being used on a regular basis, which means it's going to be taken all the way down every pin and spring so that we can verify all of your locking surfaces, your springs, uh, all of your disconnectors, things of that effect. If we do that every year, we should have a good functioning firearm for a very long period of time. I, I am going to make Bubs a little angry, though, right now. Why? Because if you're listening to this podcast, you obviously like us. And and let's not lie. It's been a half an hour, right? <laughs> right. And so if you're still listening to us right now, <laughs> yeah. I think you need something. You need you need to be rewarded. Sure, and, right. and that reward should be half off of either one of those services, either a quick clean or a DCOA. Oh. And, and, and you just have to let Bubs know that Josh said this was okay. And he'll probably give you a little bit of a dirty eye because he's thinking about me. It's not you. Well, Trust don't, me, it's why me. Why don't we say this? If you heard the podcast, tell him that you listened and you'll get half off. Yeah. We'll go that route. Yeah, let's do that. I like that better because now there's incentive to listen. Yeah, why not? Absolutely. Anything else that we want to mention happening at the store before we head out? You know, just our our Black Friday deal. Uh, After you're done uh, out running around with the crazies and, uh, you know, you got up at midnight and it's uh, 10 a.m. and you're hitting up Starbucks... (laughs) <laughs> or uh, or uh, um, what's the what's the other ones that are out there? Because a lot of people don't like Starbucks anymore. They're not very pro guns. So yeah, they're not. It's a little bit a little bit Daz hard. Bog, maybe. We got Dazbog. Well, or you know, like maybe sooner than later here we might have a Black Rifle Coffee in the store too. So Ooh, a barista at the store. Um, you know, we're working on that. Right. But uh, you know, when that when that pops up and you're ca- caffeinated again and you're recharged and uh, the kids are passed out. Um, you come on into the store and uh, we'll have all kinds of fun stuff for you to play with and demos and some smoking deals on sales. And like I said, that ammo, you're not going to get a better deal. Right. Mm-hmm. Nothing and says Merry Christmas like a new pistol. Or no, not ammunition. Ammunition. Or rifle, everything. Absolutely. And, and you know what the bigger thing is, is, is if you find another deal out there yeah, and you come into our store and you're like, oh, wow, you know, the, they, this other place is killing you on this. No, yeah. they're not. Because we're going to price match it, and we're going to actually give you something above and beyond. Nice. So we're going to get you on the range for free. We're going to make sure and get that deal so that you walk out of there thinking, holy crap, why would I ever go anywhere else? Right. Well, you guys are number one for a reason. Yeah, absolutely. So hit us with that telephone number, the address one more time. Yeah, DCF Guns in Castle Rock, 1155 Park Street. 
uh, 720-515-2006, 720-515-2006. There are options on there for sales, and if you're wanting to specifically get a hold of gunsmithing, you can send an email as well to gunsmith at dcfguns.com. They don't always answer the phone because they're generally working on your firearms. Yeah. So uh, make sure and shoot them an email, and Bubs will be happy to get back to you and, and help you with your project. Well, guys, thank you so much for showing up today. It's mm-hmm. always a pleasure to have you both in here, especially anytime they get to pay me to talk about guns, I do it. <laughs> oh, so. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we're going to have to do a live broadcast from the store one time. You know, we're going to remote down there. We're going to be doing a lot of that very soon here. Oh, so I love it. Stay tuned. Maybe we can get some shoots and do some live stuff on the range so people can see how things rock out. Let's we'll, do it. We'll let our audience know more. But for DCF Guns, I'm Joshua Hammerling, joined by Josh Barton and Mr. Bubs Barrera. Thank you for listening, and we will see you all again right here on the DCF Podcast. This has been a presentation of DCF. For more information on DCF, head over to the website at dcfguns.com. That's dcfguns.com. Or call them at 720-515-2006. That's 720 Five one five two zero zero six.